Listening to this week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of news, new releases, and harmonizing. Harmony. I'm Ryan Panagos, VP and Executive Editor for Marvel Digital Media, aka Marvel's Agent M, joined by Marvel Editorial Director of Digital Media, Ben Morse, who's reminding you we are brought to you this week by Loot Crate. That's like right. The awesome shotgun of delicious loot crate goodness coming at you. I love me some loot crate. We'll talk more about it later. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, we got plenty of stuff to talk about today. We got comics to talk about. We got movies to talk about. TV we got shows. TV shows. We got a Twim URC we later got a Twim on. Twim URC that's not us. Thank yeah. goodness. But it's, it's still later on this episode. Still later on this episode. Uh, we'll announce the new Twim URC. Yep. We're gearing up for New York Comic Con. Oh my god! When I, you guys listen to this, we'll either we'll we'll already be going on. Uh, I would think maybe so. Maybe be over by the time you get to this. Who knows? One can only hope. Yeah. One can only hope. There's going to be so much content for you guys to follow at marvel.com/nycc2016 that you'll you'll forget all about this podcast, and it'll like, be a nice surprise on Monday morning. Yeah, and remember at that URL marvel.com/nycc2016. You can also watch us, mm-hmm. not just hear our beautiful voice tones. It's really the dream of any This Week in Marvel listener. Yeah. It's like, hey, I like This Week in Marvel. And then your your friend is like, I like Thwip. And then you could be like, hey, why don't I absorb all of this? Would that be Thwip, the big Marvel show? That it would. And you would absorb all that over four <laughs> straight days of nonstop Ryan, Ben, Lorraine, and sometimes Blake, sometimes Judy. Yeah, it's so just much. nonstop we love doing it. We have such an array of guests this year. I, there is no we, time to breathe. Yeah, we have almost an entire full schedule. Yeah, Blake and I really uh, outdid ourselves this time. <laughs> we we really went to the bottom of the barrel to the top of the penthouse, you know? Yeah. Scraped all across. We, we wind and dine with kings and queens. Slept in alleys with pork and beans. You sleep with pork and beans? I think he says he, you schlepped. Huh. Schlepped. Interesting. I what like does he it. say? Or does he just say I I wasn't I was in an alley and I dined on pork? And I beans? don't know. I don't know the the, the great promo. promo. Look it up, guys. Hard times. Yeah. Hard times on this on this nation. Yeah, dusty roads. Um, Speaking so, of which, yeah, I got something for you. Hit me. So I, you're a busy guy. I am. I know you can't keep track of all the wrestling news and rumors. No. Did you see the latest rumor today that the fate of TNA will be WWE gets the video library? What? Billy Corgan gets majority ownership, but he has to start it over as something that's not TNA because WWE will own all the TNA trademarks. But he gets basically, most importantly, he gets the TV contracts with Pop TV. Interesting. And he, he basically just starts a new promotion, but has the talent of TNA available to him. Huh. I would call it like Phoenix Wrestling Association or like Rising from the Ashes. Phoenix Wrestling Force? Yeah. Is that a thing? <sighs> No, that just sounds so cool. It sounds like a '90s cartoon. PWF, and oh. then you get a, you get people PWF. You get really excited. That's good. We should talk to Billy Corgan and see if we can't work something out here. If Billy Corgan is one of our listeners, please Billy, reach out. Billy, it's cool that you listen to us. Don't feel intimidated. Like you can't talk to us like we're normal people. Yeah, we're uh, just like you. I'm gonna say this: anyone who's not Billy Corgan, take a break. Go get yourself <laughs> uh, like a Lacroix. 
you know, yeah. uh, one of those drinks, hang out, take a breather. We're going to talk yeah. to only this, Billy right this now. This is just for you, Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan. Billy, we have ideas. We're ready for you to believe us. Yeah. Billy Corgan, you come to us. We will make all your dreams come true. Yeah. We'll let you play your Smashing Pumpkins songs. We'll, we'll, we'll love it. With you. Yeah. It'd be great. The one with the the ice cream yep. truck. Mm-hmm. You know the one. The, the Despite all the rage, I'm still just yeah, rat in a cage. I love that one. Bullets That's, with butterflies wings. Bullets with butterfly wings. I'll, I will get a tattoo of a bullet with butterfly wings. That's a guarantee for you, Billy. Billy, you know how to find us. Yes. All right. We'll talk now to you soon. Now, everybody else, you can come on back. Thanks for taking that break and not listening. Did you also hear mm. what match has been rumored for Survivor Series? No. Brock Lesnar against Goldberg. Oh. In a rematch of the century. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. It's pretty ugly last time it happened. I can only I imagine that. I watched that WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, this is not very good. I, in, uh, I think it was 2K15. Were they at 2K at that point or were they still Raw versus SmackDown? No, they were at 2K. Yeah, yeah. I think in WWE 2K15, the one where they had all the WrestleMania matches, you had to play the Lesnar versus Goldberg match. And it was far more exciting <laughs> in the video game form. <laughs> Than it was in uh, real life. Yeah. Real practice. But you know what's also exciting? Yeah. New comics. That they're so exciting, so exciting that I don't think I can hold off talking about them any longer. No. Let's, let's get right to it. Let's do it. We've got all new Wolverine number 13 up first. That is by Tom Taylor, art by Nick Varela. Woohoo. Yeah, really excited to see her on here. Uh, inks by Scott Hanna and colors by Michael Garland. And it opens up with. Uh, Laura being sad in the rain because there's death and destruction all around her. Uh, this town of Dalesville, California. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get to go back three days and figure out how she got there. Basically, she wants to take a road trip with Gabby and with Jonathan, and they're going to go cross country. Well, part of it is she wants to take a road trip. Part of it is she says the apartment's not secure anymore, so they need to get the heck out of there. Yeah. Uh, So they go on a road trip. There's a lot of cute, cute, fun stuff. It's interesting that you get uh, a retelling of Laura's origin from her perspective to Gabby to sort of give a little bit more credence to why she's worried about all the things. Uh, and there's there's definitely something that sets it off in particular this road trip which we won't get to but check it out uh, lots of cute Jonathan stuff and then by the end it's just oh man it's really like I think Tom does a great job of conveying the sadness and the concern that Laura has and also the danger that everyone is in and on top of that the art is just spectacular also if you haven't been following Laura the whole time like when she was X-23 and everything he really hits on some high points of her X-23 history in this book uh, which should really chalk people's interest to go check out X-23 and X-23 Target X the two limited series both of which are on Marvel Unlimited Yeah, and you can get the expanded coverage of what happens here Totally. Uh, we will say before we keep going, uh, no sniffles on the podcast. No this sniffles. Week. Amanda is uh, prepping with the rest of the team for New York Comic Con, but I may be sniffling. Yeah. Because I'm sick. It's tribute. Yeah. Oh, good to hear that you're sick. I know. It just came on this morning. Wonderful. Yeah. Good thing we don't have anything coming up this week. No, sir. All right. Coming up right now, though, Amazing Spider-Man number nineteen, the final. I believe I last time I called it the final issue of Before Dead No More. No, sir. This is the final issue of Before Dead No More. It's written the lead 
story by Dan Slott and Christos Gage, pencils by Giuseppe Camoncoli, inks by Cam Smith, colors by Jason Keith. Uh, we really focus in on the Spider on Spider Man and his supporting cast here, specifically Jay Jameson and his wife Aunt May and his son Jay Jonah Jameson, and it's a uh, it's a heartbreaker because Jay is at death's door. Peter is swinging through the city as Spider Man, trying to do good, but at the same time. His heart and his head are totally in the hospital with Jay. It's basically come down to this 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 critique of the fact that there's this new U technology. Jay Jonah Jameson knows that it's already brought his ex-wife Marla back to life. Yep. Uh, Aunt May doesn't know what to think. And Peter used it on an employee of Parker Industries, and it worked. It brought the guy back from death's door, but it set off his spider sense. So he's freaking out. He doesn't know what to do. Uh, Jay brings Peter in for this just emotion rending talk where he's like look i don't think i have much time left i want to spend as much time with my son and my wife as possible can you go get something for me that is of great import and he peter just like crumbles he goes as spider-man he's going to get this then coming back doesn't run into a supervillain. it's not some sort of crazy battle with another hero there's just a construction accident and he has to stop it but in the course of stopping this construction accident Things go horribly awry with Jay's treatment. Peter is stuck. He has to choose between the lives of these innocent people and the lives of his uh, his surrogate father, basically. Yep. And it's just classic Marvel stuff. And uh, I won't spoil the end, but the last few pages are just rending. And then there's a backup story. Yeah. The backup story was like... After you're reeling from this other story, mm-hmm. you get another story that's so also- much emotion packed. Emotion packed. It features the kingpin, uh, art by Javier Garon. Um, features the kingpin. Features the jackal. Features the rhino. Some deals trying to be made amongst villains. Some temptation and all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, kingpin ends up in a very interesting place oh, and yeah. shows him he could have a very interesting role to play in Dead No More. Totally. Uh, we're gonna have a Deadpool series, right? Deadpool. Kingpin. Kingpin? Kingpin series. Yes. Right. Well, the um, Kingpin series. Yes. Uh, and a Deadpool series, actually. We got all the series. Yeah. Uh, we also have a new Cage series. Long-awaited, I think it's nine years in the making. Something like that. Yeah. It's very long. Cage, with an exclamation point. I think it was advertised before I started working here, and I've been here going on nine years. So nine yeah. years in November. Like that. Uh, I remember at the old Marvel office... Seeing, you know, promoting it back. Uh, we mm-hmm. interviewed Gendy Tartakovsky. Yep. Tartakovsky. Uh, good interview? Maybe. Should, should probably dig it up. I don't remember. <laughs> this was eight years ago, nine years ago. Um, and I remember we talked to him. It was very exciting. We had, you know, posted some stuff about it on Marvel.com and then it went away. Now it's back. It's a, basically like a love letter by Gendy, who is uh, creator of Samurai Jack and many other things uh really cool animation style uh big dynamic but this is comics work uh of him doing you know like a love letter to old uh luke cage and black exploitation stories um and you get to see crazy characters all luke cage's villains yeah like i don't know any of these other than mr fish and i you know, mr. know fish. mr fish because of tom Brevoort. black mariah was just oh, in black power mariah. man and iron fist right. black mariah but she's vastly different here than she is in the comics or, you know, any interpretations. Of you don't know Mace I'm not, I'm or not. Chemistro or the X. The X looks like a dope luchador. Yeah, he is. Uh, I guess. 
Chemistro, I feel like I've seen before. Chemistro was one of the many guys in the Hoods gang. Okay. All those years okay. where Ben just had the Hood uh, sure. running yeah. running stuff. Mace is basically... Mace is the dude with a mace on his hand. Is mace Self-explanatory. Like, who's the dude with the sword? Razor hands? Razor hands? Ra- razor claws? Razor, no. It's razor something. Razor yeah. sharp? That guy. I always wonder, how you go and get to your business when you've That's got... That's what everyone always wonders. Um, a really sharp object on your arm. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's big, it's bombastic, it's violent, it's crazy, it's over the top, it's a lot of fun. Also a lot of fun is Champions Number 1, the flagship title of Marvel Now. It's written by Mark Wade. It's got art by Umberto Ramos. It's got inks by Victor Olazaba. It's got colors by Edgar Delgado. Holy boy, we're on a roll here. we got some really good books this week, okay. guys. Uh, this one starts out with Kamala Khan working with the Avengers and basically doing the last thing we ever expected Miss Marvel to do, and that's quit the Avengers. Yeah. She's just frustrated with the, with the way things are happening. To, to give you the example that uses, they stop a train that's been attacked by the Wrecking Crew, and afterwards she wants to repair the infrastructure, and Captain America's basically just like, no, that's not what we do. And she's like, well, that's what we should do. So she says, enough of this. I'm giving up my dream. I'm quitting the Avengers. I'm calling Nova, Sam Alexander, and I'm calling Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and I'm saying, guys, we need to get together on a new venture. We need to band together as young heroes who want to make a difference in the world. They go and recruit another character, that being the totally awesome Hulk. They have their first adventure together. They um, recruit a fifth in Viv from Vision, and this is probably the most lighthearted, fun <laughs> book that she'll ever appear in. Yeah. Um, we, I, li- I do like how Vision answers the door in like his his sweater and just lets them in, and they're like, "You're not pissed at us for leaving the Avengers, are you?" And he's just like, "No, I am logical. Yeah, you have your reasons. My daughter is downstairs. <laughs> uh, everything is terrible in this household. <laughs> and <laughs> there's then, a cloud of sadness yeah. and despair over <laughs> us." Why don't you come in? Well, um, so then we have a new villain um, who's just gross. He's this painted clown character. Um, does he have a name? I think he does at some I think it it's says. It's like uh, Cagliastro. Pog- Pagliacci? Pagliacci. I, I feel like that's not a new I feel, villain. I feel, um, if he's not, he's, he's you, still you, gross. You should know. If yeah, I, I should I, know. I don't recognize yeah. him. But he's, uh, he's doing a little human trafficking. The new team that has come together... Really not impressed with this. Um, they, as as would anyone be with human trafficking. They take him down. They use their powers. They, I say, use their powers because there's a lot of inventive use of powers here and different stuff. Mark Wade, obviously, very smart writer. And then they have to come up with, all right, what do we stand for? Are we going to straight up murder this guy because someone died on his watch? That's something you're going to have to read to find out but these guys have a very specific worldview and honestly it reminded me of the old new warriors comics i read when i was a kid when they were very socially forward they're very like we're going to tackle issues that other heroes aren't dealing with we're going to take care of stuff that's relevant to the average person on the street um and umberto ramos's art with his usual collaborators phenomenal uh wade and ramos back together that's a pretty good good draw and I'm, I'm excited man i think champions is a very exciting team i love seeing these characters together and i'm really psyched to see what they get up to indeed all right we've also got deadpool and mercs for money number four which is also don't be confused by the big number one on there it's actually number four it's the first part of the marvel now storyline for uh deadpool and the mercs for money and it's um, written by Colin Bunn, art by Ivan Coelho, colors by Guru Effects, 
and it has Deadpool going to the Umbral Dynamics headquarters in Bagalia. As one does. Yeah, uh, because he realizes he kind of messed up, and he wants to go free uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead. She's being held here, um, and Deadpool's like, I did wrong. I shouldn't have gotten taken this job. I didn't really think about it, and now I have to help her, try to get her out of this. Uh, in the course of this, he find, he runs into two villains who are working for a bigger villain, which was awesome to see. Uh, like the the big bad here was really cool character. I wish we had seen we we have seen yeah. more of. It's a Colin Bunn original. Yeah, Colin's bringing her back. Totally. Uh, and then this this character, the presence. Yes, old Defenders villain. Uh, menace the Avengers a little bit. He's basically a Russian guy who's ridiculously powerful and has stuff to do with radiation. Terrific. Yep. Uh, and cool then look the, too. Yeah. By the end, as we know, the rest of uh, the Mercs have abandoned Deadpool, but he's got a new crew. Yeah. Um, who doesn't show up till the end of the book or right on the cover? Yeah. So up to you. Up to you. Deadpool Black and Black number one, Back in Black, not yeah. Black and Black. Deadpool Back in Black number one, written by Hey Colin Bunn, art by Salva Espin, and colors by Ruth Redman. Just in case you weren't getting enough of your Colin Bunn Deadpool fix this week, more Colin Bunn is more good. So we're flashing back to around the period right after Deadpool's Secret Secret Wars. So it's the '80s. We get the secret truth of what happened when Peter Parker got rid of the symbiote costume. Where the symbiote went, finds a new home. Uh, Tries to save some dude's life. Killer Thrill from Drax shows up, yeah. which I prophesied last week. Well, how and did you even my, know? My prophecy has come true. Uh, and then we've got Deadpool teaming up with Machine Man against Dante Macabre, uh, Dancing Macabre, who is a Avengers West Coast villain and or a Spider Woman villain. Dance Macabre. Or, yeah, they, either way. You have to say, Dunce Macabre. Dunce Macabre. Um, so we've got, they're fighting a cult. She's part of the cult. Deadpool has clawed his eyes out so she can't use her mind control powers on him. It's super gross. Machine Man is being controlled. He is getting the best of Deadpool when, bam, Symbiote shows up. The Symbiote has bonded with Deadpool before. It did so during Deadpool's Secret Secret Wars. It gives him all these great new abilities. He decides, you know what? Mm, yeah, give this a shot. Doesn't know that... Uh, Killer Thrill and the rest of her posse are after the symbiote, which is going to mean big trouble. He's just too busy swinging around the city like Spider-Man, flipping it up, and just shooting webs and whatnot. Yeah, just leaping and showing his taint like you do. Yes, so much much taint taint show. God. Uh, All right, on to Death of X number one. (laughs) Danger time. Uh, written by Jeff Lemire and Charles Soule. Uh, art by Aaron Cooter. Yes. Which is great. This big is get. Aaron's first big story for us. Uh, colors by Maury Hall. Came out of nowhere, but he seems to know what he's doing. Yeah, it's like he's fully formed, yeah. uh, extremely talented, professional comic book artist. Uh, so this is the story that we've been waiting to tell for a while. This happened, um, I think there, there's a time code right in the beginning of this book. Yeah, one year ago, uh, there's a this tale of... The mutant team, you know, led by Cyclops, Emma Frost, Magic, Iceman, Stepford Cuckoos, Gold Bulls, they are heading to uh, Japan to uh, head to, well, actually, no, they're heading to Muir Island to look after um, 
uh, like a, a lab, a facility run by mutants that has gone off the grid, mm-hmm. run by mostly Jamie Madrox. Um, and something's gone wrong, and they have to go investigate. There's something that happens in this issue that I'm just very upset by. Oh, we'll get to it's it? It's very or, upsetting. Or is it a spoiler? It's kind of a spoiler, yeah. so I'm figuring I'll just, I'll just go put it out there. You know what? I'm going to be honest. Jeff and Charles did an amazing job. I'm sorry, I'm skipping ahead here. But basically, just like look at the, and Aaron Cooter too. Look at how happy the Inhumans yeah. are. Yeah. They're just so giddy. Everything's so great for them. Terrible stuff is happening for the X-Men, and I totally sympathize with the mutants 100% because the Inhumans are just like, oh, everything's so wonderful, and the X-Men are just dropping friggin' dead, and it it divided but me harshly. At this point, though, you got to remember, the Inhumans, it's, it's like me. I was having pizza a little mm-hmm. while ago. Yep, I was sure. really happy. Sure. And you know, someone is having a very bad day. I don't know that they're having that bad day. I can't be. Res- I can't know that their plight is there, and, and you know, like I'm still going to enjoy my pizza. But no, you're you're leading out the key cog to this would be that your purchase of that pizza has directly led to their downfall. But I don't know that. You don't know it, but you did it, and it, it's just you're just. But I I also it's crystal. <laughs> Oh, well, that yeah. changes everything. It's Crystal, <laughs> and she is the... Well, whatever. Yeah. It's an effective writing tool. Definitely. It definitely hooked me and got me pissed off. Yeah, so it, you have the mutants uh, checking out Muir Island, and you've got uh, the Inhumans in Japan. The thing that ties these together, you have these two forces, one the mutant force and the human force. They're both in areas where the Terrigen uh, cloud is is there's two Terrigen clouds and one is in you know in your island one is in Japan and they have very different experiences there the one in Japan is going and you know maybe there are going to be people who are affected by the cloud Hydra shows up there's a big battle with the humans and Hydra uh, you know the humans get to get to really flex their muscles and be cool and think on their feet and, and have a big exciting superhero adventure whereas the meanwhile yeah in, in your island it's death and decay and sadness and grossness and, and Aaron Cooter draws the hell out of it totally um, there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on and the two stories it's great because the two stories are sort of uh, you know it, weaving together overlapping we can see you know the two the two parties the two thoughts about everything that's going on look at that just look at that smile on Crystal's face on the last page <laughs> yes oh she's so smug yes uh, but by the end of it, we know that the mutants have learned a bunch about this, and the Inhumans are still clueless. Yeah, and really sad stuff happens. Uh, I'm still, I'm still composing myself. Yes. Uh, clearly, clearly, I feel intensely about it. I feel intensely about all comics I read, up to and including Doctor Strange number twelve, written by Jason Aaron, art by Chris Pachalo, inks by Tim Townsend, Richard Friend, Alve, Victor Olazaba, and John Livesay, and the colors by Antonio Fabella. This is the first part of Blood. Blood in the Aether. Blood the Aether? Is that how it's spelled? I don't know. Doctor Strange is dealing with a bunch of problems. Number one, he's got Mr. Misery, a.k.a. formerly the demon he had locked up in his basement, traumatizing uh, poor kids at a hospital ward. Strange steps in and tries to do what he can, but he doesn't have much power, so he's got to talk his way out of it, and it does not bode well for him, and this guy's just going to stay out there at large. It's no good. Um, Strange is pretty much 
just going from place to place trying to apply band-aids as best he can because he's a doctor um and that's what they do they apply band-aids but he can't really solve anything he's got an axe he's got a sword he gets some drinks he hears a rumor that baron mordo's back in town baron mordo being of course the arch enemy of dr strange he's working with dormammu again i love this line where uh zelma is talking about how Baron Mordo's kind of a loser, and Doctor Strange goes, every death row in the country is filled with losers, Zelma. It just goes to show that just because you don't succeed at doing something horrible doesn't make you any less dangerous. You absolutely are as dangerous. Mordo shows up. He has a battle with Strange. Strange, I love, is having to use all these unconventional weapons. Like, we're not seeing his Eye of Agamotto. We're not seeing, you know, the Wand of Watum. We're seeing him take a magical apple and throw it and grow an apple tree. And that's kind of the best he can do. Special chewing gum. Yeah. or freezing chewing gum. It's freezing chewing gum. And um, as if this weren't enough, as if two villains in one book weren't enough, there's another old Doctor Strange villain who shows up. Dormammu's lurking in the background. According to the cover for next issue, we're getting even more bad guys, and I just don't know what he's going to (laughs) do. I love the the way that Jason and and, uh, Chris and everybody mix the new and the old Mm -hmm. and all the stuff. Ah, so good. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, on to Enchanted Tiki Room number one. Enchanted Tiki Room. Enchanted Tiki Room. Is that, is that the That's song? That's the song they play in Disney World. Nice. It's not. Oh. Um, <laughs> this is uh, the newest in our Disney Kingdom's line of books. I don't know if that's it either. Uh, written by John Adams. <laughs> art by is. Horacio Dominguez. And um, it's 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 dope. There are no Dole Whips that come with this. No. If you know your Disney World, you know that the Dole Whip stands are right outside uh, the Enchanted Tiki Room. And um, this really tells a tale of this remote island uh, in the Pacific Ocean where the Enchanted Tiki Room is, where there's this, this cool talking tree, so all this stuff. And then visitors come here, a small number of them. They come to this island, and they leave forever changed. This series, this this uh, story is about several visitors and immediately throughout the book you can see that there are changes happening to the characters in numerous ways. It'll be really exciting and fun to see how that goes. Okay, Invincible Iron Man number 14 written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Mike Diodato, colors by Frank Martin. If you guys read the original Civil War and you enjoyed Civil War The Confession, which is basically Brian Bendis writing Captain America and Iron Man sitting down and having a talk with each other after everything went down, you need to pick up this issue because this is Iron Man, Tony Stark, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, both run into each other at an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, which ironically they both go to because they're trying to avoid the other. But it's just Bendis doing what Bendis does best, having two people have a very real conversation about an argument they're having, about consequences, about feelings. Some crazy stuff comes up. You find out why Tony Stark flirts with Carol Danvers, uh, which I thought was pretty clever. And it just, it's a its a heart punch, man. It's a why can't these guys just get it together and get along? It's a break in all the action of Civil War II, but it's a very highly important issue. Um, and it's just, I, I, I really loved it. I really enjoyed it, and I really like when Bendis does this sort of thing. And it's a perfect segue into Bendis doing what he does best over in another book. Yeah. Jessica Jones, number one. So good. Yes, this was such a good new. issue. Uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Michael Gatos, and colors by Matt Hollingsworth. Just exactly what you want. It is. So this is maybe like a slight step down from Max in terms yeah. of. It's of mature, like, but not like so mature you. 
Well, I wouldn't show it to a kid, but... <laughs> I mean, it depends, you know. You know. This is, it's got a big parental advisory, not for kids, stamp right on the cover. Right. There's a lot of swearing. There's violence, stuff like that. So that you, you're definitely going to get a tone that uh, is a little bit harsher. Uh, definitely something that if you've seen the show on Netflix, you get a vibe of that. If you've read Alias, you get a vibe of that. But it's steeped right in the Marvel Universe that yeah, you know and love. That's the coolest part for me yeah. is, is getting the voice that was so present during the TV show during Netflix Jessica Jones and having it come through, but she's dealing with Spider-Woman yeah. or she's dealing with Luke. Yeah. Uh, it's just that was so cool to me. That it, It's... That show, I love that show so much. I think it's just one of the best things we've done in a long time. And this is just taking the the spirit of that and planting it back in Congress, which is what Alias did. So I, I'm rambling. It's good. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's real good. It opens up. Jessica's in jail. Mm-hmm. Then she gets out of jail. Uh, she's released. Uh, she runs in. She has a, a run in with Misty Knight, mm-hmm. which uh, is awesome to see Misty here. But it's an interesting little situation. Uh, she gets a uh, Jessica gets a gig at Alias, uh, which is the what that gig means and how that ties into the Marvel universe is fascinating, mm-hmm. and it's something that I think people have been really interested to learn about. Mm-hmm. And this might shit might shed some light on it, at least in one way, shape, or form. Uh, we also get to see uh, Jessica Drew show up here. Uh, and there's a driving force to having these cameos, having these different characters, and having uh, some conflict going on in Jessica's life. We find out by the end, it's just like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's just brilliant. Brilliant stuff. Uh, right from there into Marvel Universe Avengers Ultron Revolution number four, adapted from our hit animated series. This particular installment follows D. Hulked, written by Paul Giacopo, directed by Tim Eldred, and of course adopted by our man Joe Caramagna. Over in Scarlet Witch number 11, written by James Robinson, art by Leila Del Duca, colors by Felipe Sombrero. Scarlet Witch is finally taking the bull by the horns. She's going to learn the origin of her parentage, what's going on. She goes back to, uh, I believe, Transia and visits a priest who knows more than he initially lets on. Transia. She she messes with him a little bit until he tells her the story of her mom, what happened, why she gave her kids the high evolutionary, points her in the direction of one of her mother's old friends who's still alive. Not totally with it, but with it enough. She's a pretty cool lady. And she tells gives Wanda more hints, and then gives Wanda a hint she did not expect to get, and leads her to a person she did not expect to run into. And, uh, uh, the mystery continues to unravel in the pages of Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Uh, all right, we've got Spider-Man 2099, number 16, out this week. Um, it is written by Peter David, art by Will Sliney, colors by Rachel Rosenberg. Uh, this is part four of Civil War 2099. Um, it's this cool story. The CEO of Alchemex has, uh, has some plans. He's doing no good stuff. He's trying to shut down all the superheroes. Uh, meanwhile, Miguel O'Hara is banding a crew of heroes together to take the fight to Alchemex. So we get our big knockdown dragout fight. We get Power Pack up in here. We get uh, this mysterious CEO. We get all the heroes, all kinds of crazy stuff, clones, this and that, and the other thing. And then this big old twist mm. right in the middle of it, which is like, well, yeah. 
I loved it. It was like. <laughs> so, I will. Let me put it this way. It was certainly the last thing I ever would have yeah. guessed happening. Which was great. Yeah, it was pretty uh, it good. It was super fun. The twist came great. Uh, there is a character who cameos on the very last panel, which I was delighted for. It was just a real, real good issue. Good stuff. Man, Spidey. I just read this issue yesterday. Spidey number 11. Written by Robbie Thompson. Art by my new favorite, Nathan Stockman. Um, I love this book. You have to read Spidey. Yeah, you guys need to check out Spidey. And you need to check out all 11 issues. You know what? I got really bummed out because I got to the last page here and it says to be concluded. So I think 12 is the last issue of no. Spidey. I think it's just 12 and done. I know they released this as a treasury edition. I know they're releasing oh. all sorts of trades. Please buy it because it's so good. Um, in this case, we have Peter Parker tutoring Gwen Stacy and Flash Thompson and trying to get their grades up in math. Uh, he's kind of bummed out that he is being he's not getting the attention he wants from Gwen Flash is still being a jerk he goes off and wanders into this incredible superhero battle with Galactus and he's ready to jump in and do his thing when suddenly the Scorpion shows up Scorpion looks the bomb as drawn by Nathan Stockman who just kills it on this book his art is so incredible um so while this Galactus battle is going on in the background, Spider-Man has to deal with the Scorpion, who's not working of his own free will. There's a mystery there as far as who's controlling the Scorpion. There's a postscript. All the little interactions are funny. His interaction with an old lady who he robs from, who he saves from a purse snatcher is great. Uh, some of the stuff with Flash Thompson is great. And what eventually happens with Gwen just makes you want to pump your fist in the air and get super excited. Spidey, man. It is excellent. It is. It's a really, mm-hmm. really good book. Um, I would highly suggest you check it out. Uh, I know something that comic fans always say is like, oh, but it's not in continuity. Or oh, it's not. don't worry about it's, it. You want to read good comics, right? Yeah. Like that's the, at the end of the day, you want to read good comics. It's a really friggin' good comic. Spidey is excellent. It's excellent comic books. Makes me happy. Um, that's the end of that. Uh, all right, on to Squadron Supreme, number 12, written by James Robinson, art by Leonard Kirk with Paul Neary, Mark Deering, and Chris Totomayor. And uh, this is big old fight between uh, Power Princess and... Uh, Warrior Woman? Warrior Woman. I'm trying to yeah. think of... Are they both Zarda? Zarda. They're, yeah, both, they're Zarda. both Zarda, right? Yeah. Um, the two of them, one's got powers, the other one doesn't, but you would think... That Ironically, the one with power in her name does not have powers. Yeah. Whoa! And so they have this great fight. There's a big old throwdown. Uh, all this is going on, and shield agents get involved. It's violent. Uh, I think part of this, I, I, I feel, is just an excuse James writes for, uh, builds for himself to be able to write Jim Hammond. He'll uh, take any torch. excuse. And I love his Jim Hammond. Yeah. His Human Torch is so good. He is the preeminent Jim Hammond writer it, of this generation. Fantastic. He's, you know, got a little bit of an attitude. He's just <laughs> pissed off, but he's fiercely loyal. He's a great shield agent. There's just so much really cool stuff here. Um, you got Spider-Man thrown in here. Uh, and S.H.I.E.L.D. is pissed off at the squadron, rightfully so. Um, all this is going on. Hyperion and Dr. Uh, Spectrum are stuck in this weird ethereal zone. Uh, there's also crazy stuff happening with uh, Nighthawk, which we only get a little blip of that. Mm-hmm. No, we'll come back to that. Uh, but really, it's we, we loop back into Hyperion and uh, Dr. Spectrum and what where they've gone uh, really sends this whole story in a very different direction. And we'll see what that means. Especially because the cover of the next issue alludes to things happening. 
And things are happening in Uncanny X-Men number 14, written by Cullen Bunn, pencils Wait, by Greg Land. You mean Cullen Bunn, who we've already seen two to four books from this week? Yeah, but right? Deadpool's not in this one. So this is oh. a completely different Cullen Bunn. And he's got Greg Land penciling, he's got Jay Lyson inking, he's got David Curiel on colors. Stuff's going down at the Hellfire Club. Psylocke is not happy with Magneto. Uh, they've got these sleeper agents. Magneto has to confront his old chum, his old uh, protege, Exodus. Protege. Yeah, great to see Exodus bumping around here. Great 90s villain. Uh, well, what the, is Exodus's power set? He was that? one of those 90s villains who was just like, whatever needs to be done right now. Like I think it's somehow based in tele- telepathy, telekinetics. Um, psycho but everything. Psychokinetic, attic insane. Um, and just, he can do what he needs to do. But Magneto can still uh, put a whoop into him when he needs to. Magneto does what he needs to do against Exodus. Psylocke and the team do what they need to do against the sleeper agents. There is a falling out at the end. The team is no longer constituted, as it were. And besides all that, Magneto is keeping some secrets. He's teaming up with Zorn, of all people. Yeah. And Psylocke has issued some threats that she will not be afraid to follow up on. Mm-mm. No fear. Uh, that's it. That's yep, our book. That's all. Wow. Are we okay as a company? Yeah. All right. We're thank good. God. We're solid. That's great. Uh, what's your pick? My pick is Jessica Jones. Nice. So good. Yeah. I, I would go with Jessica Jones. I'm going to go with Champions. Good. Number one. Good pick. Yeah. Lots of other good stuff. Death of X and Only Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doctor Strange. Spidey. Spidey. Yeah, for sure. Plenty, right. plenty of good Amazing stuff. Spider-Man. Yeah. Plenty of good stuff. But did you say all new Wolverine? I did. Good. I'll I say did. it again. Yeah. Uh, lots of good stuff this week. We also have collections on sale, which include color your own Doctor Strange. Ooh, make it any color you want. Then... You color your own, and I'll color my own. Okay, and then we'll have our own. Yes. Um, we've got Doctor Strange, The Fate of Dreams, prose novel, out this week in hardcover. Doctor Strange, Volume 2, The Last Days of Magic. Hawkeye, Volume 3, in hardcover. Marvel's Agent Carter, Season 2, Declassified Slipcase, in hardcover. That's cool. Those those are like the art books mm-hmm. and, and behind the scenes stuff. Really, really neat. We have the Marvel's Doctor Strange Prelude, which are heavy, heavy on Doctor Strange this week. I wonder why. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those are actually set in the MCU. Uh, the three stories, the three main Prelude stories. There's some other stuff in this collection, but definitely check that out if you're keen on seeing the movie, which we imagine you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Power Man and Iron Fist Epic Collection Volume Two: Revenge. Uh, Spider-Man Clone Saga Omnibus Volume One: Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl Beats Up the Marvel Universe hardcover. I actually haven't read that yet. It's an OGN. OGN. It's an original graphic novel. Hopefully we'll get copies of we it won't. in some way. Digital, maybe? Maybe Eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Way down the line. We should. Uh, but we haven't read it yet, but it's um, Ryan North, yep, Eric Ryan Anderson. Yep, Ryan North, Eric Henderson, the whole team. The whole team. Should it's be, great. be great. We will have both of them on uh, the New York Comic Con live stream with us Terrific. at the same time. Yeah. Um, all right. We also have Uncanny X-Men Volume 2, Omnibus, and Vote Loki. Wow. Vote Loki out strong. Digital comics on sale this week. Everything we mentioned as well as Deadpool Too Soon, Infinite Comic Number 7, and Ultimate Spider-Man Infinite Comic Number 10. Also on the Marvel app this week, we've got Amazing Spider-Man Number 416, Captain America 65th Anniversary Special Number 1, Eternals from the 2008 run, 1 through 9, as well as Annual Number 1, Gambit! Number 25 from 1999. 
Iron Man original volume issues 251 through 252, New Mutants original volume number 35 through 40, Power Man and Iron Fist original volume number 71 through 72, and 74 through 89, Thunderbolts negative minus one. And then digital collections on sale this week on the app. We've got Doctor Strange Volume 2, The Last Days of Magic, Marvel's Doctor Strange Prelude, Power Man and Iron Fist Epic Collection of Revenge, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl Beats Up the Marvel Universe, Vote Loki, Eternals to Slay a God, Exiles Volume 9, Bump in the Night, Thunderbolts Presents Zemo, Born Better, Thunderbolts Widowmaker, and X-Men Spider-Man. Yeah. All right, we've also got a bunch of comics on Marvel Unlimited this week. Amazing Spider-Man and Silk, The Spider-Fly Effect, number 6. Astonishing Tales, 25 through 28 and 30 through 36. Avengers Annuals, 9, 11, 12, 13, 15, and 21 from the original run, as well as the first annual from the 1999 series. Avengers West Coast, issues 21, 42 through 45, 47, 89 through 91, and 101, plus the Avengers West Coast Annual, number 8. A lot of backfill up in mm-hmm. here. It's pretty yeah, great. Yeah, it's a good job. Black Panther, number one. Yep. In the current The run. new one. Yeah. Black Widow, number two. Contest of Champions, number seven. Daredevil Punisher, Seventh Circle, Infinite Comic, number three. Deadpool, number nine. Fantastic Four, number 44. Infinity Entity, number four. Invincible Iron Man, number eight. Marvel Universe, Avengers Assemble, Civil War, number two. New Avengers, number nine. Old Man Logan, number four. Savage She-Hulk, number one. Like the original the Savage The original She-Hulk? Savage She-Hulk. Cool. Uh, I can't believe we didn't have it yet. Right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. An yeah. origin. Yeah. Scarlet Witch, number five. Spider-Man, number three. Spider-Man 2099, number nine. Spider-Women, Alpha, number one. Star Wars, Poe Dameron, number one. Uncanny Avengers, number eight. Uncanny X-Men, number six. And Vision, number six. Woo-wee. Plenty of stuff. Woo-wee. Yes. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get to some news. Okay. All the news you guys can use. A very cool piece of news from our comics. Uh, you guys may have heard of a comic called Medea Mom. It is teaming us with ABC News. Basically, we've gotten dispatches from a mother in Syria, and she is telling the story of what her and her family are going through. She's getting the correspondence back to ABC News. And then Dalibor Talajik is taking it and making it into a comic. So you can actually get a true, incredibly compelling, incredibly important real-life story and see what happened there. Yeah, where do people read that? Um, there's more information on Marvel.com. And I believe you can also go to ABCNews.com. Yeah, there's if you're going to be in New York Comic Con, uh, there's a like a limited print run of some of the... Uh, the story there, but not the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, you go online. It's really worth reading the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. You can check out tons of news. I mean, we, yeah. I saw coverage from like UNICEF and all over various news places reporting about it. And I know our plan is currently to have Dan Silver from ABC News okay. on our live stream, so we'll be talking more about Medea Mom. Uh, Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme this week, our own Tim Stevens, I believe. Sure, let's say him. If it was one of the other mooks, they're all interchangeable. Um, he spoke to Robbie Thompson, got a rundown of who is in the Sorcerer Supreme. You got Merlin. Yeah. You got an aged Wiccan. Yeah. You got um, the ancient one when he was a punk kid. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. Really cool, exciting uh, array there, and we got to the bottom of that. Uh, I know TJ Deach was the one who spoke to James Robinson about Squadron Supreme, what's coming up there, what is the Marvel now of it all. That book continues on. Over in games... Celebrated three years of Marvel Puzzle Quest. I know we've got a special podcast that hopefully should have gone up by now um, with me, 
talking to uh, the folks over there, but they also released Gwenpool and a bunch of other cool events. And Luke Cage has hit Marvel Heroes 2016. He was already playable, but now he's got all sorts of new looks. Jessica Jones is a team-up character. Um, some fun stuff coming to Marvel Heroes 2016. Pretty great. Pretty There's cool. also a Spider-Man event going on in Tsum Tsum right now. Yes, there is. Spider-Man event going on in Tsum Tsum. Yeah, you got to beat Venom, who, uh, as my wife puts it, Venom's a baby. He's so easy. Mm. And then she's like, this is great. And she just keeps winning. So she's happy. You go, Elizabeth. Yeah. Before we move on and send things over to the West Coast to finish things up with our Twim URC, let's talk about Loot Crate for a second. Loot Crate has assembled the Marvel Gear and Goods Crate for the Ultimate Marvel fan. This crate will feature official Marvel items like collectible home goods, apparel, and more every other month. And their first theme is Mystics, featuring Marvel's greatest mages, sorcerers, and other magic wielders like Doctor Strange, Scarlet Witch, and Iron Fist. You mean Marvel's Doctor Strange, like the guy who's going to have that big giant movie? The same. Wow. So if I'm excited for the big giant movie, the Marvel goods, uh, this crate, this loot crate, the gear and goods crate would be perfect for me. Not only that, but if you're interested in Marvel's Iron Fist, which we're just starting to see news of, and it's going to be, you know, coming on hot and heavy fast on the heels of Luke Cage, you can get stuff for Iron Fist here, too. Wow, this seems like the perfect thing. You have until November 1st at 9 p.m. to get the Mystics crate, and when the cutoff happens, that's it. It is over. So sign up today at lootcrate.com slash marvel, and now go to lootcrate.com slash marvel pod and use promo code MARVELPOD to save $3 off your Marvel Gears and Goods subscription today. That is only for listeners of This Week in Marvel. You go to, once again, lootcrate.com slash MARVELPOD and use the promo code MARVELPOD. That's M-A-R-V-E-L-P-O-D. And you get to save 3 bucks off your purchase. Now, I just want to put this out there. It's not that we're doing something with the band P.O.D. No, Pod. not yet. Not yet. Listen. Billy Corrigan. <laughs> if you're listening, Billy. Get in touch with your friends POD. We Billy, have a deal for them. Billy, I can I can get you one of these uh, Marvel Gear and Goods mm. if you if, Just talk to us, Billy. Just talk to us, Billy. We yeah. just want to talk to you. Well, we'll give you the good stuff. Uh, other note for uh, Loot Crate, we are going to have the folks from Loot Crate on the live stream Yippee. during New York Comic Con. Maybe we show something. Yeah, maybe, maybe. we review do a little, uh, little uh, look, uh, look and see. Get some coolie cool. Yeah, looky loo. Looky loo. All right, guys, we're going to send it to the West Coast to do their bit and also finish up with the Twim URC. And I'm going to announce right now our next Twim URC is going to be Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom: Triumph and Torment. Yeah. It's a good one. We'll put it up soon so you guys can enjoy it. Uh, might be a little delayed because of New York Comic Con. But by next week, it will be up and ready for you to enjoy. So good. It's a That story is a rare uh, Mike Mignola-drawn mm-hmm. story at Marvel. Yep. Which, I mean. Enjoy every bit of it. Just drink it in. Drink it in. Yeah. Uh, speaking of drinking it in, get ready for Strami and... Uh, I think it's still the wolf, man. Okay. Well, Christine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks, guys. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolf Man. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolf Man. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolf Man. It's the West Coast, baby. Hello, this week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, joined by assistant editor Christine Din. And you're joining us on the Stromstein Steel Wheels tour. Let's go into Transylvanian now. Um, <laughs> uh, that joke will never not be funny of me 
and uh, we're here to talk about everything that's going on this week. We got a lot to talk about, so we're gonna blaze through all this. The week has been a blur. Uh, New York mm-hmm. Comic Con is this week. Say hello, everyone on New York. Hello, everyone in New York. Hello. And what what a uh, what we got going on? We got well, I stayed up two nights in a row last week to watch. Marvel's Luke Cage on Netflix. That's true. That's true. And I'm delirious still because I can't pull all-nighters anymore. And you hated it. You hated it is what I heard. I don't, I don't understand why you'd hate it. Because I only care about Cottonmouth. That's it. That's it. No, you did not hate it. Uh, uh, Luke Cage, of course, Marvel's Luke Cage. It is on Netflix. It is fantastic. Go it broke the internet? It bro- Well, broke Netflix. Well... <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Who knows? Who knows what caused that? But yes, there was that little uh, kerfluffle where uh, uh, Netflix was offline for a couple of hours this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. I don't know why you're listening to this instead of watching it. Like these podcasts are like two hours long. You could watch two hours of yeah. Luke Cage instead, um, which is what you should do. Am I urging our listeners to not listen to our podcast? <laughs> well, that doesn't seem like a very Luke good... Luke Cage is good television. Yeah, yeah, it is, but that just doesn't seem like a good business model. <laughs> uh, they probably fast forward through us anyway. Oh, that's true. Um, uh, anyway, yes, Marvel's Luke Cage is out, uh, and we had a live chat uh, with the cast... Not with the cast of Marvel's Luke Cage, but rather with Mike Coulter, the star as well as uh, Finn Jones from Marvel's Iron Fist, uh, Charlie Cox from Marvel's Daredevil, and Kristen Rear from Marvel's Jessica Jones. You can watch the full thing on the Marvel Facebook channel, on the Luke Cage Facebook channel, on all the Facebook channels. Go check it all out. <laughs> um, we had no new episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this week. No. But we did post a featurette that we produced on the red carpet for the season one premiere event. Um... And uh, is just the cast talking about how excited they were for Ghost Rider and talking about their first reactions upon hearing that Ghost Rider would be joining the show. So go check that out. And we're back with a new episode next Tuesday, uh, October 11th, at the series. I don't want to, I, I, we keep on saying new time, but I feel like now it's just its time. It's at time. 10, yep. 9 Central on ABC, uh, the, there's a... Uh, blackout, a, a few days experience a blackout, and uh, there's uh, some. I don't, you know, I haven't read the talking points about why I can't say yet, so we'll, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. There's that. Uh, Inhumans are involved. Yo Yo comes back. Uh, it's I love Yo Yo. It's actually a Yo uh, uh, Yo Yo plays a pretty significant part in this episode. I'd say it's her most significant episode since. Uh, her debut um, back in season two. So check that out. Um, and then we'll we have some clips mention, of that coming up. And yes, Christine? We forgot to mention during Luke Cage that we premiered, not premiered, we debuted the Bulletproof music video from um, Adrian Young, Ali Shahid Muhammad, and Method Man. That's true. Are you the one that posted that? No, I was not. <laughs> Who posted that? I don't know, but it was on there. Sometimes things just appear on our site, and I'm like, who did that? And, like, no one can tell me. I'm like, did this thing just magically appear on the site? Who did this? (laughs) 
I definitely have no idea, but that was definitely a good moment in Luke Cage that I really enjoyed. Yes. Um, so there's that. Uh, uh, what else we got going on? We have Doctor Oh, I was going to say Marvel's Doctor Strange. We debuted two new uh, TV spots that get a little funky with time. Uh, they're sort of half of it's in reverse and half of it's normal and then we released a second spot where the reverse stuff is normal and the normal stuff is reversed i don't know what's going on it's <laughs> trippy you should go check it out of course the movie in theaters november 4th um did we do anything else for dr strange this week we got um, some more interviews yes, that we're working on, on posting so we had Tilda Swinton come up over the weekend did we well it was friday all right so it was after this podcast last week and then the next one we'll have up to this week is um, what's the co- talking about the costumes of Doctor Strange. Yes, yes, we're we are a little bit behind because New York Comic Con. Uh, yeah, is, crazy is sucking Everything. Up. Oh, we had a photo gallery of new stills from the film. We did. We did. When? Also last Friday. Oh man! It was a second gallery for this all is, the things that was not in the first gallery. This is uh, this is uh, this day is this week is uh, oh that's right we did post those. This week has been a trip, guys. Oh, okay, but big news! Um, we announced the release date for Marvel's Iron. Fist. I was about to get there. <laughs> I was about to get there. We're done with Doctor Strange. Now we're going to talk yeah. about Marvel's Iron Fist. Marvel's Iron Fist coming at you March seventeenth, twenty seventeen, three seventeen seventeen. Uh, we did announce that, and we debuted a first look image uh, from the show of Danny, sort of like mid air, about to like punch the snot <laughs> out of some dude that probably was like, "Yo, bro, I bet you can't jump high in the air and then come down and punch me really hard." Isn't and he's this like, "Like the Upper West Side or East Side?" East Side. And he's like, oh, you want bet, bro? And then he, like, so he jumps up really high, and he's like, he does it. And he's like, yeah. I imagine that's the context of that scene. Totally. Yes. That's no, the I'm, kind of fights I, people get no, in I'm, the Upper I'm, East Side. Yeah, I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure that is exactly the context of that scene. <laughs> uh, complete with all the bros. Mm-hmm. Um, is that is how that we got to cover for news? Um, we also had a new episode of Marvel Superheroes, What the... Oh, they'll cover that out there. Oh. We don't got we don't got to cover that jazz. We've been covering for Ben because Ben Ben's Ben's been out, but he's also on this podcast, so they'll we... they'll chat all that up. Just a bunch of news for New York Comic Con then. Yeah, a bunch of news for New York Comic, and we've got we've got uh, we've got some more stuff coming up. Uh, so stay tuned, stay tuned to Marvel.com uh, because uh, we'll have some cool stuff that we can't talk about now, but we'll be able to talk about when we recap uh, the week on, uh, on next week's podcast. And then after this, there will be um, I sat down with the animation team with Harrison and Marsha to talk about two new episodes that we have this weekend. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> you know the Bray Bunch? Yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> But um, so there is a new Ultimate Spider-Man versus the Sinister Sinister Six. I love of all my lame jokes, like that's the one that you don't like giggle at. Like, <laughs> is me going Marsha, Marsha, Marsha? You just give me this weird look. Like, the hell's wrong with you? Maybe it's I thought I was thinking about Sweet Valley High today. That I was just Brady Bunch just didn't hit that note. What is Sweet Valley High? It was a child. It's a middle school book. It was also elementary school, high school, and then there was a series um when i was in middle school 
where it's just watching these two twins how, how they're really different we, we're, we're like the same age all right so like it's not like when you say like when you were in middle school i'm like oh yeah i was in this was college by then for kids so like i i don't i didn't know anyone it's a series between the sister liz and jessica jessica's the bad one and then liz is the smart quiet one and it's just them at this fictional city. It's almost like a Stay by the Bell. Maybe, maybe this was a California thing. It was a California. Yeah. All right. Yeah. See, we, I, we weren't that cool in Minnesota. <laughs> anyway, keep going. We got um, new Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man. Yes. And that's going to be the first part of the Spider Slayers. Also Spider has- Slayer! We'll see the return of some Web Warriors. Web Warriors! We also have an episode of Marvel's Avengers Ultimate Revolution. This Ultron Revolution? Ultron. Ultron. Not Ultron. Nope. Ultron! I think I write Ultimate too much. That's in my head. It's going to be an episode of familial issues this Sunday, 8.30 a.m. All right. All right. So stay tuned. Uh, we're going to cut to uh, Christine talking with Arthur uh-huh. Marsha, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to do Twim URC West Coast Edition. So you got that to look forward to. Hello, this week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com's assistant editor, Christine Din, and we're here with the animation team. Harrison Wilcox. Marsha Griffin. And, you know, for fans this week, you guys are in luck. We have two new episodes airing this week on Disney XD. Do we want to start with Ultimate Spider-Man? Always. Versus Sinister Six? (laughs) (laughs) Always start with Spider-Man. Always. Uh, Yes, this week we're starting off a new arc called Spider Slayers. First episode, we're going to pick up two plot threads that we've sort of left dangling. Uh, one since mid-season, the other one since the end of the Spiders, uh, the uh, Maximum Carnage Symbiote Saga. Uh, very end of Symbiote Saga, we saw a little twinkle of symbiote in Mary Jane's eye. Yeah. Pick up where we left off with that. Uh, we're also going to answer some, some uh, questions about where exactly uh, Scarlet Spider came from. Uh, last we saw him, he uh, sacrificed himself as the Hawk uh, and uh, Zola's ship uh, crashed into the ocean, uh, leaving a big question mark about uh, who he is and where he came from and his relationship with Doc uh, Ock and Zola Yeah, so we see... Um these two web warriors kind of join in with Peter because, you know, um, they're Peter while on a walk with MJ. He was ambushed by an evil Spidey. Yes, Parker and MJ are out for a walk in Central Park, and it never can go well. Nothing He's just ever no. goes well in Central Park. <laughs> Spider Man ever attacks Peter Parker and Mary Jane in the park. What? Yeah. What the, wow, what the, I'm gonna have to watch that. What the heck is that all about? <laughs> Yeah, so that's we... What, that's what you'll be asking What the, the heck? Of the season. I will. That's what <laughs> I say. Whiz. She whiz, Harrison. What the heck is going on? <laughs> that's exactly what we want everyone to be saying. In that tone, inflection, exact words. <laughs> what the heck, Harrison? That's the face you're making right now, Mark. That's what we want in everybody's face when they see the teaser for this episode. Yeah, okay. so that's awesome. So tune in. an emoji with the eyes wide open and yeah. the mouth like in a big circle. It's a three-part arc. It's a, a bit of a reinvention of both uh, Spider Slayers from publishing and 
fun elements from uh, the Shirt Bar and Weapon X. It's going to be a lot of fun going into the backstory of the relationship between Bob and Lola, Scarlet Spider, and how that all relates to Yeah, that sounds exciting. The most exciting. Yeah. In fact, there's no point in talking about anything else because it's the most exciting. <laughs> We're done. Ever. We're done. Yeah. You Unless know. you had. Unless you had. Marsha. The House of Zemo. Yeah. A new episode of Marvel Avengers Ultimate Revo- Revolution this Sunday at yes. 8:30 a.m. on Disney XD. Yeah. This uh, this weekend we've got an episode entitled "The uh, House of Zemo." So yeah, it's a really um, good familial uh, episode. Yeah, there's big daddy issues in this one. There's huge, huge daddy issues. Um, not the Adam Sandler. Not that. No, not that type. <laughs> not that type. Of not that. No. Um, this we have uh, basically uh, Baron Helmet Zemo, uh, the younger Zemo, um, brings his daddy back. Heinrich Zemo, <laughs> back from the 1940s, back from the World War Two era, uh, brings him back from the past into the future or into the current current times to take on the Avengers. And uh, there's a whole host of daddy issues between uh, Baby Helmet and Daddy Heinrich. And of course, Cap is uh, reunited, um, not happily reunited with his old nemesis Heinrich from uh, the 40s. On his birthday, no less. Yeah, on his birthday, no less. Exactly. There's probably no. Well, let's not say. Let's not. There There has to be. There has to be. To all of our German friends, I'm sure that there is a happy Heinrich. What is the? Maybe that's maybe that's like their Barney character is happy happy Heinrich. Henry. Henry. Heinrich. Yeah. That's true. The one we know. Who shall remain nameless? So, uh, anyway, that's part of the story. In the meantime, uh, through this portal, um, Widow, Falcon, and Hawkeye get sent back in time to the 1940s. Uh, They are struggling to find a way home. And uh, I don't want to give too much away, but in the 1940s, they happen to run across a young man who shall rename shall remain nameless yeah, on, a, on, one on of an bases. army base yeah. uh, who winds up helping them. And uh, I don't know. I, I think somehow it should have caused a rift in time but or, or some sort of time <laughs> conundrum, but I can't. Uh, but anyway, it's a great episode. It's very exciting. It's fun. Um, and of course, two Zemos are better than one. So <laughs> yeah. that Remains to be seen this weekend. I don't know. You'll see a lot from the Zemo lineage in the episode. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have one good. You know what? Surprise. Helmet just wants to be loved. He just does like everybody. He, he wants just his wants proud. his daddy's approval and his love. One good Zemo. One good Zemo, <laughs> and you know what? And you know, Cap can relate. He just wants to remember his dad. Right. I told you, daddy issues in this one, big time. <laughs> Big time Big stuff. daddy. Big daddy. Big yeah. daddy issues. Yep. So that's our Ultron Revolution for this weekend. Yes. Yeah. So we have two new episodes this weekend. And for all our fans who will be or won't be at New York Comic Con, um, we have two animation panels there. One of them will be 
the Marvel Animation Presents. Do you guys have any any like little sneak peeks that you can reveal about this? Because I know there will be one big news announced there. It's going to be big news, but we can't. We, we don't We're not doing it. We don't want to be the ones to do it. Yeah. No. Okay. So but. that will be Saturday at 5.30 p.m. in room 1A06. Fort Wayne and Steve Wacker. We'll be there. Yes. The big news. They are the big news. <laughs> they are, actually. And we'll throw back to, you know, everything that's happened this season with all of our three animation properties right now. And then we also have the world premiere of Marvel's Hulk, where monsters dwell. Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in room 1A06 as well. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's you know, sort of stuff we could do in that that we don't normally get to do on our shows. We have some a little older, uh, it's scarier. It's perfect in time. For Halloween? I was, was going to say for Thanksgiving, but it actually makes more sense. <laughs> I think it does. Where monsters dwell? I think so. I mean, monsters can live year-round. I, I, I haven't seen the whole thing yet, but maybe they have turkey. All those pumpkins that Hulk smash get turned into a pie. Thanksgiving pie. Yep. <laughs> it all comes together. Yeah, so it's a good week to be a Marvel animation fan. Mm-hmm. Every week's a good week to be a Marvel animation fan. <laughs> That's true. Don't you think, Harrison? This is a particular week. Okay. We have a jam-packed week. True. Thank you, guys. This week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club. Welcome back. Well, I mean, we never left. Well, you never left. I'm, I'm, I left. Um, welcome back, everyone, for this week's edition of WMRC. We did the first five issues of. Luke Cage, written by... Hero for Hire. Luke Cage, Hero for Hire. Written by Archie Goodwin and Steve Englehart. Drawn by uh, George Tuska and Billy Graham. Uh, not Reverend Billy Graham, different Billy Graham. Uh, Billy Graham was an African-American comic artist who we'll talk about in... in... Yeah, let, let's just get to it. Christine, your thoughts. I'm glad I chose this book because it was totally kind of great to read it along while watching the new Netflix show. I didn't realize how much it drew from the series. Yeah, I mean the bare bone, the bare bones certainly. I mean maybe not the. Uh... We had a good throwback in the show to the costumes, and I love that in the first issue he actually goes to uh, second issue first, where he actually goes to the costume shop. Well, he just sort of appears with the costume in the first issue, oh, yeah. and then the second issue I think is where you get sort of the backstory. Yeah. Of, of how he found it. <laughs> He went how, to a theater costume shop, not just any costume shop. No, and I, and I love how also, like, when he puts it on, he's like, well, it's a bit hokey, but this is what superheroes <laughs> yeah. do. I also it's, love that, you know, yellow silk shirts cost him a lot of money that he feels is a necessity for him, for his business. I'm, I'm, just, one, I, I'm just wondering, because he get this yellow shirt get, got torn up at Every least is, twice yeah. in the first five issues. How <laughs> many of these things does he have to, like... Does he just bulk order them? I mean, if he's he did. smart. He's, he did say he placed an order with the shop. Uh, all right, there we go. <laughs> I missed that. Because, um, yeah, man, otherwise that would just be like, I don't know, that would drive me nuts. But, uh, but yeah, the, it did It did very much draw on, on not, you know, so much, well, in a way it sort of drew on the tone because the TV mm-hmm. series is meant to be sort of like a... Uh, a modern send up of old like black exploitation yep. films and uh, you know, this comic sort of screams black exploitation yeah. films coming out of the uh, nineteen seventy two. The uh, art's amazing. 
The art is amazing. The art, the art, uh, George Tuska and Billy Graham. Um, Tuska, Tuska, of course, is phenomenal. Billy Graham is of note because he was, um, uh, not, I want to say like one of the first, but it was very uncommon to have African-American artists or writers working in the industry, um, off the top of my head from, you know, the pre eighties, the, the, Two more prominent ones I can think of are Billy Graham and Dick Carson and uh, Matt Baker, who created uh, Phantom Lady uh, and works back in like the 40s and 50s. Um, but Billy Graham, Billy Graham stuff is, I love Billy Graham stuff. He inks issues one through three and five, and he fully pencils and inks issue four, uh, which I believe was like Wamba's well, at least one of his first like fully pencil length jobs at Marvel. Oh, he also that's awesome. he also uh, he he's, he wasn't the most prolific guy. He was uh, an art director for uh, Warren Magazine's uh, the horror line uh, mm-hmm. before he moved over to Marvel, uh, which was also significant because you know I mean I'm an African American art director back in this would be like 1967 oh. to about like yeah. 70 or 71 that he was doing this. Mm-hmm. Um. It's pretty pioneering in that sense. Um, and the book itself is pretty pioneering. It's one of the first, you know, comics that headlines. Well, it's certainly Marvel's first comic where an African-American hero headlined. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe, I, we might have had some, like, Black Panther. No, we didn't No, this Black was first, Panther. I think. Well, I, but I was going to say Black Panther is African. Like he he's an African and of course yeah. he he's a huge icon and rightfully so, but you know this was the first uh, Marvel character that was truly like an African American from the streets. Uh, he grew up in Harlem. Um, he he was the first truly uh, truly black superhero that Marvel had, um, and and by that I mean he was. Uh, the first uh, uh, superhero that very much reflected uh, the black experience in America uh, of the time. Whereas, uh, you know, Black Panther, like I say, he's, he's sort of, um, well, like I say, he's, 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 he didn't grow up in America. Yep. He, he's, he's royalty. He's, he runs his own, uh, uh, his own nation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's interesting in that sense, too. Uh, and for the time, too, like I say, Billy Graham, African-American artist, to have an African-American artist working on that book. And Billy Graham went on, Steve Englehart, who wrote um, issues 5 through 16, and Billy Graham either inked or inked and penciled uh, every issue from issue 1 to 16. Steve Englehart credits... Uh, Billy Graham really as a co-plotter for the series, and Billy Graham even received co-writer credit for issues 14 and 15. Um, so that in itself was pretty extraordinary, even going back to, like I said, this is 1972. Right. Like, this this is not, you know, that that is not something that would have necessarily happened <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times. Um so there's that. There's that of note, you know, and and the the, the book itself, it like I say, it clearly is channeling sort of the black exploitation mm-hmm. films of the time. Um, you know, 
Luke Cage in the first issue alone tells someone to shut their jive mouth. I think he says that a lot. <laughs> yeah, he, he does say that a lot. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you know, just, uh, and, and later on there's the famous uh, line in issue, a later issue that we didn't read to Dr. Doom, where's my money, honey? <laughs> um, which is just amazing. Yeah. I love uh, anything that throws back to the 70s. Yeah, it's it's such a it's such a product of its it's both such a product of of its time and it's also so extraordinary for its time mm-hmm. simultaneously for a lot of the reasons that we were just talking about the fact that it was a black superhero headlining his own book the fact that there was an African American creator involved in um, you know the the genesis of this character um, and. Uh, uh, yeah, and then you have "Where's my money, honey?" and "Shut your drive mouth." Yeah, I just really <laughs> love a lot of the outfits. Um, Shades has a really retro, futuristic one. I love that Diamondback actually has snakeskin down the back of his jumpsuit. No, no, he's, he's Diamondback's like suit is like snakeskin, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like he's it's... wearing like a snakeskin suit or something. And that's like the snake Which, markings down, like the spine. Of I, the... I just, I just that would get so hot. I don't know, but ever since I looked at that, I really want to have that jump scene. I guess, but this guy lived in in New York. Like, I wouldn't wear it in the summertime. Yeah, have you, I, I was going to say, like, this dude's walking around <laughs> during the summertime. Like, anybody who hasn't been to New York in the summer does not live in New York. It's humid. It's very <laughs> hot, and it's very humid. Well, snakes, like, shed their skin, so I'm assuming... He would, you know. You, you understand the skin is taken from dead snakes, right? That does it. That like the snake skin. I would just jump out molt. of it and just have another green and yellow shorts on a tank. It, it's also never really explained why he took the name Diamondback. Like he's really good with knives. Yeah. So he's like. So that's the striker take, part. I'll I'll take the name Diamondback because everyone knows Diamondbacks are great with knives. <laughs> but I do recall a part where Luke calls him out for just being a snake. Yeah, there is that. Yeah, there but that there's no significance to his name, like the way. And you know, he used that as yeah. an insult, too. So it's not like you'd name yourself, like, oh, I'm such a snake. I'm going to call myself Diamondback. I mean, I would, because these two, Cottonmouth and uh, Diamondback, are Slytherins in my head. <sighs> Cottonmouth is, that's also a type of snake, mm-hmm. isn't it? So there's two snakes in Luke's life. <sighs> so much, so much memories, so much of this stuff makes sense now. I, wow, that's. Huh. Yeah, I wonder why that is. Um. But yeah, um, Luke explains the origin of his name, which he didn't want to leave all this past behind. So he adapted Luke from Lucas mm-hmm. and different from the TV show is that cage just because he didn't want to live in a cage like the prison any longer. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And speaking it's of the time. prison, I love the fact that this random scientist has somehow been granted permission to build this entire high tech yeah. lab in the basement of a of a prison. And then he gave up that life to... Open a clinic? Yes. To do... Because he thought he killed uh, Luke. Well, he didn't really try asking. hard enough to look for him. Well, to be fair, like, they, they were like, oh, well, <laughs> he fell off a cliff and here's his bullet-riddled <laughs> shirt. So, I mean, like... These cops didn't know what they were doing. What, I, I, what are you t- It's not like you it's see like this it. and you're like, oh, yeah, the, that's... You know, but if that's... I had a shirt that's all covered in bullet holes, wouldn't there be blood? I don't know, I guess, but if you had a shirt riddled with bullet holes, the <laughs> assumption is the bullets went through your shirt and But then the, you'd never bled. You. 
Sure, but that's still like... I don't know. If I was a cop, I wouldn't call anyone dead until I see a body. Well, <laughs> maybe maybe you should go to cop school, Christine. That That's what they call it. Cop, cop school. school. Put in yep. your application. These stories, and they're, and they're all very much like once you get outside of the two... Uh, the two-part, the first two-part story, which is kind of like the two-part origin mm-hmm. story, you, you sort of get Luke just like going up against sort of like not monster of the week, Titan, that's the yeah. supervillain of the week, I guess. It's like, that it was thing. very Scooby-Doo-ish because in that one issue... Where oh, there's was the a ghost. crazy ghost guy. That's yeah. the one that Billy Graham draws himself. Yeah, he always... Actually, you know what? He, he reminds me in that issue and maybe it's just the name but of uh, Graham Ingalls, the old DC artist who used to draw like these uh really ghastly like mummies and witches mm-hmm. and everything and like may- maybe it's just like maybe it's just the name association but when billy graham is drawing those uh that that monsters or that fake monster's face it's some dude wearing a mask it it does strike me a little bit of uh, a little touch of a uh, graham ingles in there <laughs> um which is you know of relevance to the like two hyper comic nerds that are listening to this thing, <laughs> like me um, mariah was really cool what was mariah like mariah yes she is boss totally boss i learned from the intro that steve englehart wrote to the uh first volume of the marvel masterworks of luke cage that black mariah was actually well i think black maria was a was slang for you know the the truck the, the van that like cops come around in and oh. and cuff you and throw you in. It's also called a paddy wagon, which is his own troubled term. So that's where he took the name Black Mariah. Yeah, and of course I also want to talk about about uh, you know the fact that this character was really created by or his credit is being created by uh, Archie Goodwin and George Tusca, but also Roy Thomas and uh, John Romita Senior on and John Buscema of course drew that gorgeous first cover. Archie Goodwin was uh I wanted wanted to bring him up because he, of note he's a uh, very famous, very well loved uh comics writer and editor that passed away uh too soon. He was about sixty years old and died of cancer back in late nineties, ninety eight or ninety nine, somewhere around there. He gave us great characters like uh like Luke Cage and many, many others. Anyway I don't know if there's anything else that I, I, I really want to touch on. Uh, yeah, like you say, like the... Oh, I, one other thing that I really appreciated was that his office is above a movie theater that just shows westerns. <laughs> yes. Which, of course, is of note because, you know, Chael Coker, the show showrunner, has talked about how, in some ways, like, you know, in addition to being a modern take on the black exploitation film, like, there, there's a very western feel to Luke Cage, sort of the... In, in the sense of like the man with no name you know, mm-hmm. coming into town, cleaning you up, it feels a lot like a, for a few dollars more, um, uh, and uh, and that comes through in the uh, score as well, which is cool. Yeah, I don't know what what we got. What we got? So I know I know at least one person read this along with us. Yes. What did they say? Who they, was it? Who was it? And what did they say? at Penelope Cat? Oh, Penelope Cat. All right. Our one faithful listener. <laughs> Thank you for not making us feel so alone. But <laughs> that this series really felt like a neighborhood hero fighting neighborhood villains. Really glad yep. that I read these. And is there anything more 70s than a Spiro Agnew reference? I think there are a few things, but not many. Also mentioned that they love the keeping yellow silk shirts in stock. It's an expense that concerns Cage. And that, oh, there was a good mention where 
the comics, Claire Temple says superheroes don't usually move in her circle, whereas in the Netflix series, we see that she's in all of their circles. She's just, she knows them all. <laughs> uh, that's true. Oh, yeah, we didn't even bring that up. This, this, these first issues in issue two, you meet Claire Temple. A doctor at the clinic as well. Yes, who in the comics goes on to become a um, love interest of Luke Cage's. And, of course, she's appeared in uh, both seasons of Daredevil, uh, the first season of Jessica Jones, and the first season of Luke Cage so far. So she's kind of like she's, she's kind of like the Nick Fury of the uh, <laughs> Defenders. She's like uniting them all. The Defenders. Like, see, I, can't, I can't wait until, like... You know, everyone <laughs> figures out, like, somehow that they're all like, oh, I've got this friend Claire. Like, oh, I've got this friend Claire, too. <laughs> oh, I know me Claire, up. too. <laughs> and they just, like, start talking about her. And they're like, wait, are you talking about Temple? Like, this is, and everybody just realizes, like, whoops. Um, I hadn't realized how much stuff in the Netflix shows, Reba, Diamondback Shades, were taken from the comics. Yep, yep. All of, and, like, and like I say, like, it is all, it is all here in these first... Five, not even the first five issues, the first two issues really sort of lay all that out. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, uh, Mariah Dillard is placed off of Black and Ryan. So you get that, too. That's that's it. Oh, thank you for now. Okay. All right, all right. We will shut this podcast down. Thank you all for listening. If you want to follow along for the next TwimERC, which will be with uh, Ben and uh, Ryan again in two weeks, they will be reading Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom, Torment and Triumph which, if I'm correct, is an old graphic novel by Roger Stern and Mike Mignol. Maybe? Oh, come on, Christine! What? Did you did you do something other than read comic books day in and day out for I the first 30 years of your life? I watched a lot of Power Rangers. Come on. Wait, I'm, I'm, I'm linking this up now. Doctor Strange. <laughs> Doctor Doom. I say as I type, this is very interesting for you to listen to. Oh, well, I'm all right, anyway, pretty sure it's the uh, Register of Mike Mignola. If I'm wrong, they will correct me. Anyway, and of course, stay tuned to uh, all our social handles and Marvel.com. Over the course of New York Comic Con, we'll have plenty of big uh, surprises coming your way. Until then, this is Stromstein out, and this <laughs> is Marvel, your universe.